Hello, hello. How's everybody doing out there? Good morning. Happy Sunday morning. Peasant chat coming at you. That's right. Uh, we're talking to the poor people today. <clears throat> um, today, I want to talk about a subject matter that I've avoided a lot because, you know, it involves a lot of people and a lot of people can get in their feelings because we think we're, they think we're talking about them. But I'm like, it's a good time to bring it up because I've seen a lot of people online specifically complain about lung tuning. And, you know, one of the things that um, I am highly protective of is Lund Racing. I work for them, obviously. So when I hear them say crazy things like, I haven't gotten a revision in two weeks, that blows my mind. Like, that is not how Lund Racing operates. Lund Racing does not operate. If anything, our issue is that we reply too fast sometimes, and then the people think that they feel they need to rush the tuning. So when I see somebody online say, oh my God, these guys don't care about you unless you're like a millionaire, I go, I don't know what you're talking about. We deal with like bottom end dudes up to, you know, high end seven second builds. So we'll talk about some things that could be happening that might not necessarily be a Lund specific issue but more of a shop issue and uh we'll speculate talk some stuff about that based on experience and then we'll go from there but before we do that as always we'd like to have mr bill o'reilly say hello to the people out there we'll do it live okay we'll do it live fuck it do it live i can i'll write it and we'll do it live fucking thing sucks <laughs> That's right, Mr. Bill O'Reilly saying hello to the people. We got Two Auto Solution. Two Auto Solution in Puerto Rico getting shit done down there. Chevy, Dodge, Viper mostly. Uh, and Ford stuff. Good shit. Two Auto Solution. Race Motive. They had a race go on a couple of days ago. They seem to be like a good roll racing league. Used to be a bunch of others, but they seem to be more active than most. Race Motive. Dean Hap Formers. Dean Hap He'll fight you. And you'll sell you parts in the same breath. DNA Performance for anything. You want anything online? Get it at DNAHapPerformance.com. Parts Farm, PartsFarm.com. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get a shift boot. I have the GT500 running and driving on the road. Very happy. A long road. But they're going to give me a shift boot to make sure that the heat doesn't come up through the freaking shifter. Conk Performance. Conk Performance bought himself another ZR1. Yes, a white one. So he can continue... The development for peasants like us. Ultimate Head, UltimateHeader.com, PMAS, Nick James, and PMAS. And we got Calamer Transmission, CalamerTransmission.com. So before we uh, talk about the subject matter at hand, what I want to do is say hi to the people here. And then we'll talk about, you know, some weird tuning stuff that goes on. And I'll give you a an example of what can happen out there. <clears throat> 2000 MCR, Andy Ali, Joe Swish were the first people to say hello. Naldo302, Dushita, Minibike Madman, two, Tone2SS, RoboStyle, AJ, Dustin Garrison, Darren Harper, Juan Arturo, Money for 40 Slater, Elliot, Travis, Craig Walls, JD Swag, one of the mods. What's up, brother? DJ, Jason Jones, Stu414, Angel Puerto Rico, Arturo, Amorcio, 94GT Vert, Naldo, uh, Tito Judge, Teach Sikorsky, Dunn, it's oh man. James Williams, ATX Cobra, James and Jay, Minibike Madman, Nuxo, Gregory Ovich, Ignacio, Walter Boost, Matt Oliver, and Brian 03 Cobra saying hello. 94 GT Vert, The Wolf, Torque and Beans, oh, 007 Cobra, Leon Phelps, Dixon, 225, Tone 2SS, Rican 50, Minibike Madman again, Sean O'Connell, Nitrous and Bias Ply, Ni uh, Glassroof Coyote, Peter Chow, Felix, The Booty Warrior, Jason Friedberg, Great Escape Smiles, Scott Clark, Lund worked awesome for us, some extremely high profile projects. Thank you, Scott Clark. I appreciate you very much. 
some people, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And you, Scott Clark specifically, you probably have heard of shops doing this because you work with shops. Insane Mustang, Alexis, Christian, Sama, EJ, uh, Phil Fez, Eric W., Anthony McGinnis, Prodigy, Big L, Mini by Badman, Mohammed Travis, HDM Garage, John, Mofler, Mustang, Justin Bales, Mango, Brain, or Brian, and Coyote Kelly saying good morning. Okay, so let's say, for instance, you go to a shop. They are a Lund Racing dealer. You get a tune. Then, for whatever reason, there's a delay. Let's say the car's still at the shop. There's a delay, and you ask the shop, hey, so, like, where's my car at? Like, what's going on? And they're like, well, Lund hasn't sent us in tune in two weeks. That is cap as fuck. I mean, I'm telling you, there is no bigger lie on the planet than to say, Lund Racing hasn't sent us a, we- a tune in two weeks. Absolute horse shit. Maybe the shop has it going to spam. But if the shop is like legit and they communicate with us a lot and they use Lund as an excuse to say, by the way, it ain't our shit. Lund just hasn't sent us a tune in two weeks. Well, you as the customer go, damn, that's crazy. Maybe I'm not high profile enough for them. That happens a lot. The thought process of, well, maybe I'm not high enough profile for Lund Racing. That is not it. That is not it. What usually happens is the following. And shops, listen up. This this is this happens at every shop and I've known and worked with 50 shops. They go, "Man, you know, I'm sick and tired of Lund tuning these cars. It can't be that hard." Hey, let's send one of our guys to one of them schools. You know, you're good with computers, Terry, Bill, Steve, why don't you go out there and learn tuning so that we can keep that money in-house? That $800 to $1,100 we're, we're giving to Lund, we'll just, we'll just keep it and we'll tune it in-house. And what happens? They try to tune it. They try to tune it themselves. Because Lund makes it look easy based on the thousands. Guys, you don't have no idea how many thousands of tunes one file is responsible for that's why when someone wants me to chase two or three horsepower i go dude that's like a variable run to run on a dyno we're not chasing that shit there is no magic in cam timing that automatically just makes the rpms and horsepower constantly go straight up eventually you're gonna have a mechanical situation where it just can't suck in any more air and push it out and make constant horsepower with the parts that you have so they go well let's tune it so they try to tune it They try to tune it. And then they're like, shit, it's not as good. Then the customer calls. Hello? Yeah, yeah, um, well, Lynn hasn't sent us anything. Hey, man, did you figure it out yet? No, I I just can't get it to run as good. I just can't get it to start as good. I just can't get the drivability right. I can get it to make the same exact power wide open throttle. I mean, 10 pounds of boost, uh... TVS, a 79 millimeter pulley, pump gas. We make the same that Lund makes, 650, 640. Hell, we can make more because we could desensitize the knock sensor. But I can't get the startup right. Like, I can't deliver this vehicle. So they stall you. So then what happens is people go, well, uh, the customer's like, well, I, 
Lund sucks, so they go online. They go, hey, man, sorry, bro. Sorry that shit's going downhill, but Lund's fucking me on this, bro. And people are like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean Lund's fucking you on this? Like, Lund replies within a, a, a two days, a day at the most. Like, if I am working with a customer, like, I, th- I think we're tuning Jared Wells' car. And he can get as long, the moment he replies, he either gets a revision or another reply in return within an hour or maybe two. If we're working during the daytime, he's on it, I'm on it, Dakota or Brandon is on it, or Junior, and the reply is sent pretty quickly. So what happens, in my opinion, is shops get a little, because I worked for a shop, right? I worked for a shop for a little bit, and I saw it happen. Why can't we tune it? Well, because it's very difficult. We don't have the data. We don't have the software. We don't have a dedicated company, not a person. Because a lot of people think that tuning is like, a sidebar. No. Tuning is the main focus of this company, not a sidebar. So if you, let's say, have a shop, you can't have a guy do an oil change, put in a rear end, install a supercharger, and tune it. The same person. You can't do that. You need to have a dedicated department that does nothing but program and hammer out calibrations non-stop. And all he does Nothing else is tuned cars. So we've had some people online say, well, maybe we're just not bougie enough for Lund. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. We deal with guys that have, I have, there's a guy named Raf in in Canada. He has a Boss 302, right? This guy, I sent him a tune. We hammered out some, I had JLT, uh, stock, here you go. Here's an E85 tune. Here's a cam tune. All within like three days. So he got three tunes, vetted, verified. Then he says, you know what? This this intake, I'm not a big fan. I'd like to stick the stock one back in there. Okay. I also installed a bigger set of wheels and tires. Okay. Dialed in the revs per mile. We're about two mile, two kilometers an hour off. And he's happy. Car's running really good. I said, running good. Are you happy with this tune? Yup. Okay. Here's a cam. Here's a, and he was like ecstatic. Like, this is not some, you know, Saudi prince somewhere. This isn't some millionaire dude. This isn't some owner of a company. He's a truck driver. And he got seven or eight tunes in four days. Tops. So, this is what you have to start doing as a customer, right? Number one, don't believe everything shops tell you. Don't, don't, Don't believe everything shops tell you. Verify it. Let's say you dropped off your car at a shop that gets... Lund Racing Tuning. And you haven't heard shit for two weeks. Email us. Email us. Hey, um, my car is a this, this. And it's being tuned at this place. And that this is, this is my name and this is my vehicle. And by the way, this is my device serial number. Have you heard anything from said shop in a couple of days? We look it up. We go, we haven't heard a goddamn thing in two weeks. Oh, they're telling me that we're waiting on you. That happens more often than you know. So I'm not going to speculate as to what the shop's doing. Now, they could be trying to tune it themselves. They could be having mechanical issues that you don't know of. Who knows? But Or maybe they're just so busy and slammed, they haven't had an opportunity to put it on the dyno or street log it. But I can't imagine that's the case. Someone like an Evan Smith at Certified Performance, he goes out there after a build is done, 
he probably dedicates a day to tune it and get it out because that is just as important. A lot of people would say, well, just stay on that car. And once the, the, the turbo kit is in or once the blower is in or once the new transmission is in, then, then we'll fuck with the tuning. Well, the same amount of time and um, let's just say attention that it, it got while the hard parts were put in, you should also dedicate to tuning. Like hammer it in. You can't say, okay, do an oil change, put these wheels and tires on. By the way, do a log for Lund. Uh-uh. Log for Lund, send it. And let's say you're doing something else in an hour or two. What, whenever the email comes in, stop what you're doing. Log for Lund, send it. Because the quicker you get the logs to us, the quicker we get you a revision, the quicker you get paid. So in short, and, in, and to finalize this, if you're a customer that are that is getting a car tuned at a shop that fucks with Lund or someone else is doing it for you, what you do, if you haven't heard in two weeks and the shop is telling you, hey, I haven't heard shit for two weeks, verify it. Real simple. Verify that verify that the, that the, what they're saying is right. Trust but bear, verify. Say, okay, that's what they're telling me. Cool. Let me email Lund and make sure that everything is cool. And hey. I want to be CC'd on the ticket. How about that? Hey, how about CC me on the ticket so that I could see the conversation when the email took place because it's your car. It's your car. We see that all the time. Customers go, hey, I dropped it off at Pacho's shop. CC him. Boom, I CC him. The customer sits in the background looking at the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And once it's finalized, I remove the shop from the email chain as long as the customer's happy the shop's happy and i'm happy bada bing bada boom so don't trust everything anyone tells you if you hear the the most crazy thing is to is to hear that lund hasn't replied in two weeks that's not what we do if anything we we reply almost too often we ask almost too many questions but we only do that so that we can absolutely verify what's happening so we'll talk about that uh, again shops that are out there trying to tune their own cars i commend that I, I think that's fine but if you if you're out there saying that like i know people that think they have a lun tune in their car <clears throat> and they don't they don't I'm like, that's not our tuning. How do you know? The cam timing is off. What do you mean? Send me a log. Cam timing's off. Well, could it? No. I know what we're commanding. I know the spark we're commanding. I know the Easter eggs and certain things that show up in a log. That is not a LUN tune. So I don't know where you got tuned. If he sold you a LUN tune and then they just copy pasted something they had on the shelf and then just kept the money verify if someone is telling you you have a luntune verify that you actually have a luntune in that vehicle so we'll talk about it we'll talk about your experiences tuning has that happened to you or have you heard of that happening to a buddy of yours and why do people think that lund only pays attention to rich people i tune nothing but look there there are people that i look there are people that i have exhausted my efforts in meaning there is no more to gain but for whatever reason there's like faith-based tuning out there well i feel i think i believe i have more no you don't no I, if you don't trust what i'm saying that's fine you can go somewhere else that's not a problem i understand that but when i tell you this is it it's done what this is it 30 degrees 7700 rpms that's all the cars got there is no magic in anything else whether you believe me or not that's up to you i only have about five thousand examples 
of that exact same combination that I have access to, to be able to vet the file and and tell you that the tune that you got on the car is the best we can absolutely do. <clears throat> um, hit likes losers, hola mi tío. Um, my experience, says JD Swag, of two years. At the max, the tune turnaround is two to three days and the revision time is between minutes to an hour max. Um, <laughs> I really don't get why people are so intimidated by the data logging process. Just what they don't know, they have a shop middleman there tune in the first, okay, Isaiah Davales says, I really don't get why people are so intimidated by the data logging process or just what they don't know, that they have a shop middleman there tune in the first place. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people, it's 2023 guys, and there are guys that don't know how to manipulate computers. A lot of people do their emailing via the phone. And I think that's like a big negative because depending on the software that you use, if you have an iPhone or, or Samsung or something else, you, your email comes in and, you, and it has a string that looks like a text conversation back and forth. So a lot of people don't know how to email. Email, electronic mail, not an instant messenger. So when Lund or your tuner sends you, hello, this is tuner, please note the following items are attached, a tune and, a, and then a big blah, 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 blah. And then their reply is THX. I go, that's a reply? No, the reply should be what I asked for in that email. Attached tuner is the data logs and the uh, data logs and uh, the data logs. And if it, let me know if there's anything else I need to be done. Boom, attach the file, bada, bada bing, bada boom. No, they're like THX, thanks. And then they ask 15 questions after they've received their tune. And where you receive your tune is all your answers in the same email that you received all of your tuning and data logging instructions and configuration files are the answers to your questions. Where do I put the config file? Did you click the links? No. So now there's three emails. Where do I put, okay, here's this email sent to you, one email. You reply back, where do I put the configuration file? And I say, do you, and there's another email. Did you read the instructions? Yes, but I didn't find it. Did you click the links? That's seven emails. Click every freaking link, click everything that the tuner sends you. The, we have like such crazy detailed instructions that I am blown away when someone says, what's next? Like that's an email we get a lot. What's next? Um, I worked for a shop and shop owners are shady as fuck. They'll do anything to make a couple extra bucks. I agree. Money is money. Why is Lund got to go after baller customers? People are weird. Exactly. Our main, um, the amount of customers we have that are just regular sh schmoes outnumbers high-end shops and high-end customers like 10 to 1. This is the problem with high-end customers. They expect high-end treatment. And they don't like when we say, we treat you, the high-end guy, exactly like we treat the regular guy. I remember back in 2019, a customer emailed Lund, or a potential customer. He ended up not being a customer. He said, I'm buying a Shelby 2020 GT500. And I want to be the first to everything. Is Lund committed to working with me and making sure that they pay 100% close attention to everything and every concern I have? 
in order for me to be the first to eights, first to nines, first to this, first to a thousand, because I have this. And then they say, I own this business, I have this channel, and I have this many Instagram followers. The next reply is, we're going to treat you the same as we treat Rath, Evan, JD, and Jared Wells. You're going to get the same treatment. And they don't like that. I think high-end customers dislike Lund because we don't bow down to your money. We say, well, here's a tune, log it. Oh, you want to add more power? Here's a tune, log it. You know, like, here's a tune, log it. Like, do you want me to, like, send love letters and love notes back and forth worrying about your car as I'm going to sleep or as I'm dealing with my family or my own situations or my hobbies? You think I'm at the gym working out thinking about your car? No, and they dislike that. They want you to prioritize them. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm going to treat you just like everybody else. And if you expect super high-end treatment because you're somebody, I don't give a fuck if Tom Cruise comes into the fucking building. You're going to get the same treatment. And if we don't get the same treatment, if we give Tom Cruise better treatment than anyone else, I'm going to have a problem with that. I'm going to say, fuck that guy. He paid a thousand bucks. He's going to get thousand dollar fucking treatment. I don't give a fuck who he is. Tom Cruise can't sell Mustang tuning more than like, uh, um, what's his name? Valley 10 speed. I would prioritize Valley 10 speed, C Nardi. Uh, the shops that work with us, like Mexico Racing League and others, then then uh, Tom Cruise. Fuck Tom Cruise. Uh, I have a lung tune and I'm broke as fuck, says Evan Smith. I bought a tune in the morning and had my revision done by early afternoon with my lung tune. I'd be willing to bet on it's a, on the user. It takes longer than a few days. I'm lung tune. Worked with Alex and Dakota over the past five years with no issues at all. Lined out boosted 85 lung tune in less than three days total. The Gap Father says, I've never been a fan of email tunes, but I'd rather put it on the rollers for a bass and then take it to the track for adjustment. See, it, th th that's why you, ha you have no understanding of remote tuning. I've never been a fan of email tunes. Okay. Tell me what the difference is between an email tune for, let's say, a Cobra with FIC 1000s and a TVS over a, and a tuner that has done that a million times over a guy that has done it six times on a dyno. Tell me exactly what's the difference. Because you can see the power being made. The, the tuner doesn't look at the power and go, oh, I need, he, need, he looks at the data. He goes, airload. Spark, throttle, no torque sources, everything seems to be good, it should make this power. Every single time a customer comes to me and says, Alex, how much you, cards, how much you think this is making on the, on the dyno? I go, 10 PSI, Gen 3, uh, pump gas, 640 to 650, and then with the 85, probably close to 700. And wouldn't you know it, they take it to a dyno day and it does exactly what I thought it would. But this guy goes, I don't understand, I don't, I don't. I don't trust email tunes. We have email tuned six second cars, seven second cars, eight second daily drivers. I don't trust email tune. Fuck out of here. Um, even before I was in the Coyote world, I knew Lund was the best. Heard you guys, heard you guys, heard, heard from you guys from a Coyote Swap guy years ago. Surprised how good the car always ran. Phones are great, but if you want to be a proper adult, computer is needed. Funny, there's tuners stealing Lund files and then there's shops that's actually dealing Lund tunes, not giving you Lund tunes. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that's specifically happening, but the fact that someone says online that they have waited two weeks for a Lund tune and is working with a shop, I go, that's a lie. Sorry, that's a lie. Has Lund ever blacklisted performance shops because they said customers getting a Lund tune but weren't caught red-handed? 
Yes. How's that? Um, this is why I work on someone else's car. If I work on someone else's car, I provide full video of everything, full transparency, trust, and verify. We have seen people um, get really... Okay, for, this is what happens a lot. If a shop, shady shops, dude, shady shops. If a shop goes out there and says, hey, I need to tune for a, a 15 GT uh, JLT intake, pump gas. Okay, here you go. And then they go, same car, PMAS. I go, okay, that's normal. People want to upgrade. Uh, same car, but air raid. I go, okay, that's suspect. Uh, same car, but Steeda. So now we're building them their base files because maybe they know a programmer that knows how to reverse the files. If you're a good programmer, you can reverse anything. So now we're basically making a file system. So we either give them a phone call and go, hey, what the fuck's going on, buddy? And then all of a sudden we stop dealing with them and they are tuning that combination nonstop. How many of you have seen a place that has never tuned a boosted combo ever? And then that one time they go out of their way to get a tune from a let's say a, a, a trusted verified tuner, all of a sudden now they're tuning that combo left and right. That's why I think the Whipple tuning is hilarious to me. When shops say we can provide you a custom Whipple tune, but they take the, exi the existing Whipple tune and add ID1000 injector data, what is the custom part? The injector data? Come to my shop, you can get a custom tune from my shop. On a Whipple truck that you literally draw the Whipple file that is open and you put in injector data and return fuel system data and you're saying that's custom? Please stop it. Uh, I had a Prodigy email and AOL the word of the days. This is iconic midget buying. Uh, told that mofo what they needed to hear. Love letters exactly. Uh, look, a lot of people want to have that special treatment. And I guess I understand it. But look. I reached, actually a guy reached out to me on the zero one stuff and I don't expect anything above and beyond shit. And I paid him and he didn't want me to pay him. He's like, no, no, no. I just want to help. No, no, no. Fuck that. You help me. You know, you, you, you guide me in the right way. Here you go. Here's some money, you know? And he was like, wow, thanks a lot. Now I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want, I don't want to owe him anything. And two, he was motivated to keep helping me. It was good stuff. I have no problem if Tom Cruise bumped I have no problem if Tom Cruise bumped me from the tuning queue. I emailed support uh, about a cartoon in 2013, and he responded almost instantly. <clears throat> the dude probably went on Bama and said, free tunes for life and growing with the Shelby. Exactly. Alex, I'm, Tur I'm in Turkey right now. Okay. <laughs> then he puts a guy with a turban on. Uh, do you want me to like, go on a rant about, um, look, about the last thing I need is, uh, you know, guy <laughs> I get hate from plenty of people. The last thing I need is a whole country against me. In general, London has been by far the best customer experience. Thank you. Most haters only last six seconds when their wives trust them. Uh, okay. <laughs> Beta50 says, got into the Audi platform for a daily. Wish there was a tuner like Lund for this platform. Have to wait a week for revision. If you want a daily revision, you have to pay an extra $250. Matt Oliver says, high in clientele are turnkey types. They expect something to fire up and or be done within the first revolution of an engine. Correct. What's wrong? What do you mean what's wrong? Well, I had the shop build this. Yeah, it sucks. The cold air location sucks. What do you mean it sucks? I think it looks cool. And it took a week to fabricate that cold air. Well, welcome to wasting a week of your time when a stock-ass cold air box. But I don't want a stock-ass cold air box. Do you know that this is a one-of-one one grabber blue made on a Wednesday convertible with white stripes? Do you know this is a one-of-one one in that day? Actually, it's one of 5,500. 
but it wasn't made Wednesday. Oh, okay, cool. I don't care. Your cold air sucks. You're going to need to reconfigure it. And you know what? I remember when I was tuning a car at a shop, it was a charger SRT with a pro charger, um, six, four, I think, um, it ended up making 600 horsepower, but the fuel system was spiking. And I think it was Demon Performance or something out of North or South Carolina. I don't even know if they're still in business. Again, I just, I remember dealing with them. <clears throat> and I look at, I, I go, oh, the fuel system's spiking. He goes, yeah, is your booster pump wired improperly? I go, yeah, it's getting proper voltage. He goes, then it's out of injector or something. I go, okay. And he goes, and he goes, no pussyfooting. When I tell customers you need fuel system, you need a fuel system. And I was like, okay. I went to the customer. I go, this is what the tuner is saying. The tuner is saying you need a fuel system based on this graph because your fuel terms are spiking. He ponied up for a fuel system. Problem solved. But in-person tuning is better than email tunes. Right. Imagine, okay. Junior can um, tune, let's say, a uh, twin turbo combo in person and it will take let's say an hour and a half or two if there are no issues let's say it takes an hour and a half or two just looking at the data because the customer's not going to be happy if junior puts in a tune and it it's done in one tune because he has 70 or 80 cars that have the exact same tuning he just changes the injector data puts it in there and it makes the power customers going to go that's it that's all i'm getting for my money so junior will probably really tighten up the short terms which he doesn't have to if they're within three percent he'll say fuck it I'll, I'll i'll give him his money's worth but at the end of the day the hour and a half that he sat on the dyno and gave you the power number and the, the performance you wanted he could have just sent you a tune while you were data logging he would have sent seven more tunes to people and then boom your log shows up he hammers that, sends it, seven more tune revisions to the other people. Get your tuning in, goes, looks good. Any concern? Boom, sends an email, replies, 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 replies to the other seven. And then you go, nope, everything's hunky-dory. It made 1,200. Have a good day. And if you need anything like a second gear leave, let me know, but everything looks good. Awesome. That customer's happy. And all the other seven are like getting replies almost instantly. And they're like, this is awesome. But you want us to show up in person, sit down, talk about your Fox body that you had back in the day just to get you the same tuning I would give you while I'm sitting on my ass somewhere else. Um, I want to know if MRL and Aldo have lun tunes for the race cars that run the 7s and 6s. Am I getting the same tune as the shop or as a customer tune? You're, you're, if your car is configured exactly like Aldo, exactly like MRL, you get that same tune. Matter of fact, Revit Racing, you're all probably getting the Blue Goose tune. Where do you think those tunes are based off of? The Blue Goose, the vehicle Lund Racing owns in-house. Like a lot of people go, well, am I getting MRL's tune? No. Am I getting Aldo's tune? No. Am I getting Midnight's tune? No. You're getting the Blue Goose tune. Everything has been has been verified, raced, shift pointed to hell, all you name it, via the blue goose. So that data gets transferred over to the race car guys and you guys get literally the same tune. You guys would probably hate the fact that he can go, oh, this guy got ID 2600s, okay, here. And it's the same tune and it's making crazy power. 
And then you're like, and then this is the problem we're also having, right? Let's say we're racing. Let's say we're 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 at you know we're we're tuning cars that run either TX2K or um, Florida 2K, and two Whipple cars both t- tuned by Lund. You guys have the same tune. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize if you think you were special. If you both have a 150 throttle body, you both have a Cobra Jet Cole there, you both have a built 10R, you both are on E85 and you both are on ID2000s, guess what, loco? You're on the same shit. But one of them is going to beat the other one. It's going to happen. This car is going to beat that car. And then you're going to go, wait a minute, I thought we had the same tune. You do. Either his engine builder's better, or his trans builder's better, or his car had, didn't have any IAT issues, or your car did, or he has a better cool. Meaning, whatever advantage you have, if you both are tuned exactly the same, is 100% how the car is configured. Lighter weight, different stall converter, different gear ratio, something beyond the tuning realm is making one car perform better than the other. And nine times out of 10, it's the weight. It's the fact that one is 300 pounds lighter than the other. <clears throat> Justin, whoa! <laughs> uh, Testing his tune and went to some random tune. Okay, Justin, tick tick jack hazard instead of turn. Oh, okay. Justin White got his tune stolen thanks to some TikTok jackass who, instead of trusting his tuner, went to some random tuner. Yeah, that sucks. Two Ruviate race. Uh, fuck me. Do you think there'll ever be a day when you got a standalone ECU and make a tune from scratch just as a fun tuning exercise? You don't need a standalone. Guys, you can make a tuning. F- you could you can make a tune from scratch with HP tuners. You can make a tune from scratch if you have access to SET. You can make a tune from scratch using uh, Coyote. Uh, see, the thing is, standalone ECUs have drop down menus. Aftermarket. Uh, HP tuners and um, SCT have value files, but nobody really starts from scratch. Why would you start from scratch and why would that be fun? Because there's a lot of things you forgot about. The amount of revisions a Gen 2 CJ car has is a lot for it to drive well and, and idle well. Why would you tune from scratch only to then have to remember the stuff you've done over the years. Tuning from scratch isn't special. Tuning from scratch isn't going to give me more power. All tuning from scratch is going to do, like Senior can make tunes out of sand. But even Junior would tell you, I don't think I can make a Blue Goose tune without my files that I have brought over over the years of experience. He would say, tuning from zero is dumb if you have vetted files. There is no advantage tuning from zero. Now, if you want to tune from zero to say you tune from zero, that's cool. But that's silly. Imagine, hmm, imagine you build a skyscraper and you've built, let's say, 20 of them. And by the 21st, you have all these notes, you have all these prints, you have all these revisions to the skyscraper that you've done with your crew and the skyscraper gets built and the 21st skyscraper is better than the 20th, the 20th is better than the 19th and the 19th is better than the 18th. But let's say you, because out of shits and giggles, would say, you know what? Fuck my notes. I'm going to go strictly off of memory. 
to build a skyscraper. Mm, probably not a smart thing to do. I can't believe this is still mind-blowing. People that email tunes are no different than in-person tuning. But actually, email tunes are better because it's a process done in an hour tops. Exactly. After the GT500 is completed, which project are you moving to next? Put power steering in the in the notch. I'm be honest with you. And then the notch is going to get raced, meaning I'm going to go run a number. Tens in the quarter, NA is the goal. After it does that, nines in the quarter, nitrous is the goal. And it is for sale after that because I have nowhere to go. It's funny how the Blue Goose never acted up during certain boost level and... and <laughs> I'm not going to go there. That's funny though. Blue Goose tune, tuned by Lund. You're getting a Lund tune. Simple as that. Can a 6R1 shut up? Um, do you have a recommendation for a remote LS tuner? Look, I know Justin White. I also know um, Alec Bledsoe, but Alec Bledsoe does not like tuning remotely. But I think he's willing to, but the problem is he's so busy. His shop is ridiculously busy he he deals with race car guys that do pdra stuff and warrior class stuff at um um mir so he would have to like do a file system where he can just hammer down tuning all day remotely for it to be successful i don't think he's willing to do that but justin white tunes remotely the guy i use only does zr1s and all he's done is like zr1s so he is like an expert on ZR1. So I, I, I fuck with him. And again, he gave me tips and tricks, but he didn't give me like the the base map, you know, overall. He said, ah, needs spark here, needs that, needs this, tweak here. And he was he's been great. Um, I won against another Lund customer because I ate a track hot dog consulting in impromptu colon cleansing. Imagine Turvy tries to tune his V6 himself and calls it the grassroots tuned intake. Take that, Shelby. Uh, grassroots tune, sorry. <clears throat> I have to admit, I was very impressed with the Lund customer experience. A lot of people maybe don't, a lot of people don't, don't subscribe to the Lund stuff until they've been through it. I don't know of any other company in any other platform that can turn around the tuning this quickly and this well. Up to, let's say, 1100 horsepower, I have to do absolutely nothing special to any twin turbo car. I'm saying the file that I give you with the proper injector data and the fueling is proper, meaning you're getting one-to-one fuel pressure versus boost. You're getting, if you have plenty of headroom for injector and you have not, you have a very favorable exhaust route so it doesn't cause any valve float. I don't really have to touch the tune at all to make 1100 horsepower through most coyotes most coyotes now where do things get hairy the the things get hairy once you start doing blower big throttle body big injector big cam stuff that's when my car my gt500 needs some tweaks to the throttle data it needs, and I'm going to make that. But once I get everything done mechanically, I am not going to tune the car while I'm breaking the engine in. Once the engine is broken in and I change the oil, then we start tuning, tuning for drivability, making sure drivability is on point. Once drivability is on point, make sure the driveline is good and everything. Then we go to the dyno, which is going to be a process. And it is hot as hell out here. I am not racing anybody or anything. I'm going to take my time with that car. The last thing I'm going to do is rush the tuning. That's when it gets difficult. That's when you have to start going, what can I do to prevent this throttle body from fail-safing? Well, nothing. And that's the other thing. 
because I've worked at VMP, because I've worked at shops, because I have probably one of the most broad tuning experiences of any tuner. Like, think about it. I have dealt with LUN, VMP, and a bunch of other tuners on a bunch of different platforms, and I worked at a parts company, and I worked on the shop end of things. I don't know of anybody that you can name in this industry, unless they're working at a really high end, like guys at T1 or something like that, that have that complete experience. So someone that understands how to diagnose a fail, failing throttle body, then you have to count on experience and some data. Joe did a very smart thing. When I worked at VMP, a lot of throttle bodies were coming back. And, you know, depending on who makes them and the day, you have to kind of go, okay, a lot of these are failing. There's an issue with the manufacturing process. Well, Joe, Joe made up a bench, a bench tester where he had a TPS in and out. He data logged it live using SET and he would physically open the throttle body himself and then close it and see what the TPS was reading. And he'd go, it's a throttle body issue. So a lot of the times people return the throttle body to VMP. Joe got it, started manipulating the throttle and saying, yeah, it's a throttle body issue. Or he goes, it's not a throttle body issue. Who's tuning it? And then it would get sent back and say, throttle body was bench tested, no issue, ask your tuner to fuck with it. Some people need to go back and watch the whiteboard series, I agree. Turvey needs a haram. By the way, order the Snack Pack GT500 shirt. I can't wait to get that thing. It's it's not pretty, guys. I just made some shit up, so we'll see how all that goes. Just order the 23F150. I was almost ready with, is, is, was almost ready. I just ordered a 23F150. Is was almost ready with their kids. Oh, ESS. Um, I don't know. Um, look, I kind of fell off the ESS track once I got rid of my car. Minibike says Fran does remote tunes. I think he mentioned it once. There you go. So look, Fran from RPM, Alec Bledsoe, Justin White. And then I know I probably right now there's a guy, one of those three guys that I named goes, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Ah. I get it. I get it. But look, it's the LS world. You're all gay. Uh, and I know it. <laughs> what about AJ from I don't know LS remote TCT tune? Does GPA handle LS tuning? Holly Hiram says or Holly Holy Haram says where does all the extra weight come from for the 2020 GT 500? Um, so <clears throat> DCT very heavy. All the amenities, the big comfortable seats, all the electronics. Look, the DCT alone is a very heavy transmission. The S550 is a heavy car, like the 2015 to 2023 base, even a base model is 3,500 pounds. But when you get a GT500, now you gotta account for more sound deadening because it is a premium GT. So it has, let's just say, more things to make it comfortable. It has the, the nicer seats. It probably has extra bracing for the power. It has a heavy motor. Look, it has a 5.2 with a blower on it, and it has heat exchangers and intercoolers up the asshole. Then it has a big heavy DCT in it. I'm sure underneath it has extra bracing, probably heavier duty axles. Look, at the end of the day, it's just there's just more stuff going on in that car, and I bet you the electronics alone are stupid. Brian Brown says, the shop tuned my car and it was horrible. And then they had it two months. Got a long tune two weeks and three revisions later. Perfect. Two weeks was not my fault because I was scared to do a watt on street tires. Uh, Paul M says, Fran from RPM does remote tuning. There you go. Hit up Paul. Hit up Fran from RPM if you want remote LS tuning. 
Let's put it this way. It takes longer for the device to mail in than it does for Lund to make you a tune. I, exactly. Some people, I think it's a point of pride. Um, let's just, I'm trying to make a, I'm trying to make a good example, but you guys are going to make fun of it if, if, if I, if I put it that way. So you as a, as a, as a tuner that does everything from scratch, you're telling me, and we know that you're, you're a fucking liar. If you say yes to the following question, you're telling me you start with a base. We, you, you draw, let's say you use HP tuners, you draw the stock file. You don't input stuff that you already know about this car. You don't have a value file, like HTT, I think it's called, or a value file or a, a template that already works. You you input the injector data manually. Like you put the high, the low, the breakpoint, and the uh, offsets, you, you put them in manually by memory? No, you import in a, let's just say a value file. The cold air data, you're telling me you start with stock cold air data and you work your way up? Or do you say, I've done a couple of these before, let me input that template. Okay, so now you have, let's say PMAS data and ID data, both imported with a template. Now you can say, that's not a scratch, that's a copy-paste tune. That's right, you're inputting. So let's say you know that there is a throttle angle that is highly desirable to make these cars leave a light better and not prone to stalling. Oh, you input that throttle data. So you have a recipe for a winning combination. Tuning from scratch putting everything in manually in every, it would take you three hours to just put in the stuff and hope you didn't fuck up. Or if you've done a lot of these, you import data that you saved that says, here's injector data, here's cold air data, here's blower data, here's a throttle body data, here's uh, fuel, fuel system data, here's gear ratio data, here's, I stop it, tune from scratch shit. You should hit the two-step on the 10-minute on the break-in. When the old GT500 owner sent that pallet of parts, did it have all the AC stuff? Yes, Coyote Kelly. I have all the AC stuff with the GT500. My intent, guys, I have worked on it. I took all last week off, and all I did was work on the car. I'm wiped out. I'm wiped out. I'm going to break that motor in. I am not going to do the AC until this thing is broken and it makes power. Because And if by that time it's fall, I probably won't do it until like winter or next summer. I am wiped out. But I do have all of the AC stuff for that car. Man, Lund had me tuned in three days. Top facts, these guys are great. It blows my mind what they say. Voodoo350 says, currently on a 3.8 pulley on my Vortec V3 GT350. Is it safe for me to drop down to a 3.6 pulley on pump gas? Yes, Voodoo, but I would log, let's say put the 3.6 pulley on it. Remember, your, GT, uh, your GT350 revs up to 8,200 RPMs. A lot of these pulleys are rated at uh, 7,000 RPMs. So, a 3.8 pulley, at 8,200 RPMs, probably makes 8 to 9 PSI. A 3.6 pulley at 8,200 RPMs probably makes 11 PSI, which is a little high, in my opinion, for pump gas. And because the Voodoo is a bigger displacement motor and flows air more easily, boost numbers are lower. Right now, someone said, someone said the other day, wait, your Corvette's making 20 pounds of boost? Doesn't that seem high? Not when you factor in that it is restricted by the by the cam the cam cannot 
flow the air possible to get that boost number down. Theoretically, that pulley combo with a cam should make 17 or 16 PSI at most. Right now it's making 20 because there is a restriction. Boost is measuring a restriction. Boost is not a power number. I can make 20 pounds of boost and 700 horsepower and then by just simply putting a cam in it, it will make 16 pounds of boost and 780 horsepower. I don't get it. Boost dropped. Won't you want to get it back to 20? No. No. Um, I watched your DCT weight video earlier this week. It was like nine, 90 to 100 pounds heavier. Absolutely. I was detailing a guy's car yesterday. He had a built two valve that he said it was insanely fast. I threw up. Parker Performance says, I've got a control file for stock reads. Then I got save files for direct injector data. There's no from scratch. They're all crazy lying. Exactly, Parker Performance. These guys are out there saying, yo, the only way to tune a car, if you're, you're only a real tuner if you tune it from scratch. Really? You're going to input the throttle body data from scratch? You're going to go to the effective throttle area. And from the top left to the bottom right, you know exactly what to put in. And then the inverse, the feed forward stuff. And then the TPS stuff. No. Value files. Stop it. Control C, Control B, V, baby. Paul M says, didn't you do a video weighing a Tremec DCT and it was a good amount heavy? Exactly. Go to my video. Just type in DCT versus 6R80 versus, versus a T56. I think I had a MT82, a DCT, and a 6R80. Fuck, now I got to go there. I'm telling you, I'm blown away that my peop my people, that people don't remember um, that I have done almost everything. Alejandro Flores DCT. YouTube's YouTube search feature is freaking wonderful. YouTube has by far the best um, search bar. So again, I typed in Alejandro Flores DCT. Look at what came up. Bang, right there. Yes, I was watching Cartman saying um, Lady Gaga. Here we go. Okay, that's enough of that bullshit. Talk, you talk too much. Look at that. I love the auto. I love the auto captioning or auto stuff that YouTube does. Measurements. Wait, look at that. YouTube is so. I didn't do that. YouTube did that by itself. And weight comparison. Okay, so wait. So let's weigh a. What is this? That's an MT82. I could just tell by looking at it. Look at this guy pick it up like nothing. An MT82 weighs. Huh? Yeah, you saw me pick it up kind of easily. I want to make sure it's not it's not hitting anywhere, causing the the weight to be off. That's right. It's pretty legit. MT82 weighs 133 pounds. Now let's do a 10R80. And let's see how much how much Alex Strain's picking up a 10R80. Oh yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and this is empty. It doesn't have any fluids in it. No fluids. So 130, 133 for an MT82. 177 for a 10R80 with no fluid. And then finally, the big honking son of a bitch, DCT. And this video is the one that caused a cuck to say that Lund blew up a DCT because Alex was weighing one at power by the hour. 
Alex is weighing one by power by the hour, so that means Lund blew up two. No, stupid. Jake bought two of them from a supplier that gets them if they're damaged at the factory. 80, 190? Nope. 215 pounds. So 130, 177, 215 pounds for the DCT. 215 pounds. That's right. So you're you're looking at a, a big, big weight difference. And I talk about it on this video. I'm going to do is copy, paste it onto the chat because you guys want to learn something. There's a lot of learning to do on my channel. Just go check it out. You guys will absolutely benefit from all the work that I've done. 1,300 videos. I have 1,300 videos on that channel. Proven data with proven results, better than memory from scratch for every time. Absolutely, Parker Performance. Want to tell me the axle backs on the GT500? Um, which ones? The Magnaflow or the stock ones? C16 tune, 10 PSI pulley shows like 12, 13 PSI on the log. That's something wrong. How does that happen? Uh, you got you got 13 PSI? Okay, Nuxo. Tell me the pulley that you have and what supercharger and what platform. Tell me the platform, supercharger type, and pulley size. My car made less boost after header install, but 20 more horsepower. Alex got 1,300 plus videos. Truviate again. I asked about scratch tune because Bosch is the ideal engine. Shut the fuck up. I'd like, I'd like that. I'd, I'd like, and they mentioned MATLAB software. Haltech is my second choice engine controller. Why do you need Haltech to control a 3.8 liter V6? Why do you need Haltech to to? Why do you need, is there a, is there a section in the Haltech that says rate my radiator hose splatters on the front of my engine? <laughs> is there, is there a ratio for radiator rust water splatter on the front of your engine? Like in, in the tune? Like, is that what you're talking about? I want Haltech because they're the best. At what? You don't have anything that warrants any tuning software. How about you do this? How about you get the engine in the car? How about you get everything going? Then you decide what tuning. Why are you putting the carriage before the horse? You're asking MATLAB, Bosch, Haltech, bro. Right now you have a fucking stock ass 3.8. There's nothing else you should be worried about. Nothing else you should be worried about. Well, that's good because buying all the AC food would be expensive. I feel like in the future when you get the AC installed, you may not get rid of the car. I kind of have to get rid of the car. I want to buy a house, but I have enough money saved up for a good down payment. But I want, you know, I don't know what's happening with the housing market. It's not good. It's not good. I don't want to be here another two years, bro. Not because I don't like it. It's fine. I can afford it. It's, people let me do whatever. They leave me alone here. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm not progressing. It's weird. Turvy, keep quiet and listen exactly. My nine, my, my GT has 91,000 miles. And should I get a new engine and trans or have the ones I got rebuilt? If I want to go boost and mod more, peasant channel support. Thank you, John. No, you honestly, John... I would, okay, what's a new motor cost? Built, 10 grand plus. I would send your engine out and have it gone through. Honestly, I would say, hey, Keith Ray, here's my motor. I want you to go through it. Uh, maybe put a nicer set of rods in it. If the pistons are fine, maybe, you know, re-ring it, hone the block if there isn't any scuffs mark on it. But if, if you can just do a general rebuild, meaning let's say the rods are fine, he specs everything out, everything looks really good. And it's a, it's a Gen 2 motor. He'll probably refresh it. He'll gap the rings 
so it's favorable for tuning because a lot of the issues with the coyotes is they're not gapped the rings are not gapped for boost when you're smashing that piston down if the ring gap is too tight and they touch that's when you have a ring land failure if you have a wider ring gap you can smash that piston with boost and the rings don't necessarily close but they 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 you know have a higher tolerance or lower tolerance how does that work they have more of a gap so that when you smush down with boost and the rod is coming up and you're compressing down on that piston that the rings don't go boop and you kill a ring land so you could say hey keith here you go i have a gen 2 coyote i want you to go through it gap the rings for boost nothing crazy let's just rebuild it new new guides new chains if we can upgrade some things but nothing crazy because i think stock is pretty damn good i want you to refresh this motor he gave me a price to refresh a voodoo engine that I got from Jake. I literally got a voodoo motor from Jake. I said, how much does it cost to get this guy freshened up? After some vetting, I said, you know what? It's probably better if I just get a built situation because I'm just going to end up with a stock voodoo. So I said, okay. So we ended up doing something else. Low-key wanted just to show the calves. Nah, the calves weren't popping back then. <clears throat> I watched that one a while ago. Time, got, time, time goes by quick. That was three years ago, three years ago. And people still don't know that I even did shit like that. It blows my mind that people don't know about that stuff. Um, someone actually said, someone actually said that. Yes, someone actually said this. Minibag Man Man. I know Lund Racing blew up two DCTs because there's two at Power by the Hour that Alex showed on his video. And I'm like, no, no DCTs have blown up. Jake bought a bunch of motors and the guy that was providing the motors, you know, cores and stuff like that, said, hey, I got two DCTs. And Jake's like, give me both. And then I think he sold one to Ben Calamer because Ben Calamer wanted to start on the DCT um, uh, building process in case there is a market for that in the future. How does Lund feel about spraying on turbo combos? Considering a spooler jet on my single, we love it. We love it. We think it's great. We treat it exactly like Boost. If you want um, to spray your car just to spool up quicker, bro, I'll, I'll, we're, we love it. We are absolutely big fans of nitrous for certain things. I'm not a big fan of a 400-shot Coyote because in my opinion, nitrous complements big cubic inches better than it complements small, high-revving, dual-overhead cam motors. Call me crazy. I think... A, a, a 250 shot on a 400 plus cubic inch small block Chevy Chevy small block Ford is more beneficial because of the torque than to do a bunch of nitrous on an engine that's meant to rev you know what I'm saying how that gets it for the V6 Mercedes V12 shut the fuck you, you know you gotta love it whatever world Turuviate is living in I hope the sky is blue because this is an alternate universe. This is bizarre world. He's actually thinking of a V12 in a fucking SN chassis V6 piece of junk with that roll cage. Man, shut up. Um, 10 PSI at 6,800 RPM. What's happening here? Turvy would be lost when he sees health ignition map. Exactly. I'll buy the stocks if they're a quad tip. Another. I'll buy the stocks if they're quad tip. They are, they are quad tip, but I'm going to keep them in case I need to lower the volume on the magna flows. Bro, trying to get, bro, trying to go to the moon on a BMX bike. Mercedes V12 in a pickup is pretty thick combo. No, it's not. It's really fucking stupid. It's really fucking stupid. A Mercedes V12 in a pickup is a really fucking stupid combo. 
Does he understand that the shit he says is absolutely retarded? Like whatever he thinks is retarded has to be like astronomically retarded. The shit he says makes not only no 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 sense. It's actually funny that he believes it. I'm thinking 10 psi rated at 7400 RPM red line. Again, I need to know what blower you have, what supercharge you have. Maybe I missed it, Nuxo. Let me see. P1X four and a half. Brandon said it showed closer to 12 or 13 psi. Okay, so Nuxo, this is this is why us tuners sometimes don't like guessing at boost numbers. Okay, so and again, bear with me on this tuning talk. If you have a ESS supercharger, a G2, and a 110 millimeter pulley, and it shows 1.6 air load, I'm gonna guess that's about nine to 10 PSI. Now, let's say you have a G3X. Okay, I'm sorry. The previous combo, G2, 110 millimeter pulley. Let's say you have a LU47 injector because that skews air load. And it shows 1.6, I'm gonna guess it's nine to 10 PSI. Now you take a G3X, at a Dechwork 95, which has completely different injector data that will skew the air load reading, you are now a 120 millimeter pulley, 1.6 air load. I know for a fact that is not just 10 PSI. That's like 11 or 12. So the only thing I can go off of is experience. Now the P1X uses either a MAF in a tube or a MAF in a intercooler that will absolutely skew air load. If you have a MAF in a square intercooler and there's a stage one, stage two, and then a race intercooler, that will absolutely skew the data. What is happening here? This thing this thing died for a second. Um, that will absolutely skew the air load data. So if Brandon is looking at something that says 1.7 air load, 1.8 air load, he's like, this is my 13 PSI, but that's because the air load data might be being skewed by the mass airflow signal, housing, or injector data. So it's not like a, you, you, this is the best way you guys can check out how much boost you're making. You measure it. You measure it. You put a, you put a map sensor or a regular auto meter a boost line in the manifold and then you know exactly what your boost reading is how many times have i told the customer this thing is making 2.0 air load dude this is ridiculous what's going on this is like 15 psi he's like no it's 120 millimeter pulley i'm like do me a favor buy a 30 dollar autometer gauge and show me a video of you making a pull to 7500 rpms Boom, 10 PSI. I go, okay. Then either the math housing's fucked up, skewing air load, either the injector is, uh, the data is off, skewing air load, or it's actually making that kind of power. Agree, Alex, a big benefit of nitrous is more of the torque than horsepower. Right, Joe Jackson. I don't understand people that go, I'm gonna run a 400 shot on a Coyote. How come it's not doing exactly what Boost is doing? Well, number one, nitrous is a torque it, 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 it's a power adder that gives you more torque than horsepower. Have you ever seen a nitrous graph? Looks like a dump truck. 600 pound-feet of torque, 580 horsepower. And you're like, wow, what the hell happened there? So now you're choosing a power adder that adds torque, and you're trying to put it in a, let's just be honest, a Coyote is small in terms of 
cubic inches. Yes, it's big in terms of size, but in terms of cubic inches, it's small. Have you ever seen the short block on a coyote? It's laughably small. The cylinder heads are huge because it's dual overhead cam, but the block itself is small. So now you're going, I want to put a 400 shot because I had a Whipple on my shit and it went 880s, but I want to get back and it added about 400 horsepower. So I want to do it with nitrous. I'm like, that's not how it works. You are now chemically shoving in a bunch of oxygen. Let's be honest. And you are not force feeding it more air. The air that is bring that NA, it's just bringing in this much air. So the nitrous goes, okay, this much air and whatever air is in the combustion chamber that is not pressurized, all we can do is hammer that out and try to maximize it properly. When you have a supercharger, you are forcing air in that motherfucker. Like, okay, now let's say you're forcing air in that motherfucker and you do 150 shot. That 150 shot, for some reason, now makes about 175 to the rear wheels because you are adding more air so the nitrous can actually commingle with it and make power. But some people are out there going, no, 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 I want a Cobra Jet 400 shot. Like, it's not going to run what a Whipple runs. It's just not how it is. It's not how it works. <coughs> Brandon's a great guy. Thanks for your help this week. Brandon's good people, man. They're all good people. I'm back next week. Um, am I looking forward to it? No. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not looking forward to being on the ground and wrenching on the car anymore. That, that, most of it is done. Kukab from 50 built engine trans turbo fuel system AMS 2000. How many PSI wheel horsepower to go 999? Um, depending on the turbo kit, 15, 15 or so PSI should get you to go 99. It's about 900 horsepower. A house would definitely be a game changer for you and the channel. I don't know. Um, even a Gen 1, my bad, forgot to mention it's a Gen 1 and thank you. Okay, Gen 1, if I were you, you're either going to buy a Gen 2 motor, which is expensive. I'm saying you're good. I'm comparing it to new. I'm not a big fan of you going, let me go to the parts farm and rely on a 60,000 mile Gen 2 motor. That's a good motor to start off with, but you don't know how many of those miles have been beat up. So I would take your motor out and send it to Keith or something like that. And you're going to be into it for about seven to eight grand. That's just how it is. I, I still can't find Gen 3 boosted manual. I guess I haven't made it. I thought I made a Gen 2 and a Gen 3, but I mean, the Gen 2 and Gen 3 are going to be exactly the same. The Gen 2 and Gen 3 manual boosted videos are going to be the same, except I'm going to highlight some of the DI changes, and so I'll make one coming up soon. The oil field is booming in Western Canada right now. I don't expect the market to fall for the next five years, exactly. But Bucephalus won't even make it down the road before that eyeball rear gear lash seizes up. Look, let's talk about Bucephalus. Let's talk about how many cars I've put together since Bucephalus was even introduced to this channel. The white car, the notch, uh, the blue car blew up and came back. The white car went from BL Fab to uh, ESS. I mean, and the Corvette. Like the whole Corvette build series has been around since Bucephalus has been in the tarp, under the tarp, under the non-tarp. Where's the best place to hit up Keith? Um, probably, does he have a Wonder Racing page? I, I would just hit him up on Facebook, honestly. Uh, let me see. Keith Ray. I'll show you where to go to Keith to get Keith Ray. He's a great guy, man. And he's busy, but, you know, it's a small shop. Um, he just hammers out tunes. Good guy. Um, I'm sorry, hammers out uh, engines. 
so yeah, this if you go to a Wonder, does he have a Wonder Racing LLC or anything? No, it doesn't have like a the project manager, da, 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 electrical project engineer. Well, he's a, he's a he's an electrical project engineer at Leonardo DRS Naval Power System. So he ain't no dummy. You know what I mean? So anyway, if you go to um, Facebook, look with Keith Ray. That's how you spell it. He has a picture of I think his uh, daughter. I think a picture of his daughter up there and uh, like I don't know, some kind of monkey. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So just hit him up. Is it, is it an about page? Yeah, just I'd go there. And if you, you know, hit hit message and then hit him up and say, hey, uh, Alex told me that, you know, I'd like to get a quote to rebuild the motor. And he'll send you like an official quote. He won't send you just some like some junk. He'll send you like an official quote, letting you know what, what to look out for. Say, hey, my plan is to boost it. But, I, you know, I'm not looking to make big, stupid power, but I'd like to give you some business. Okay, people, understand this. 3.85 stroker crank and a 351 Windsor gets you 387 cubic inches using the stock 4-inch bore. Puts you 13 cubes from 400 mark. Nitrous-friendly territory. Is it? There you go. That's why I think the, the white car would really benefit from a, a, a 150 shot. It'd be dumb-dumb. But Alex, I stick well to the cage to myself. Stop breathing down my neck, bro. I love him, but I think... He, no one's ever smacked him upside the head and said the half shit shit you're saying is really stupid. Lung two for the win. My Whipple 16 on E is absolutely moving. Gonna pull it down after the diff swap. Holly, holy haram says, gentle and single turbo built motor. Ben Calamar D4, MT82. How much power to go? 850? 1200. 1300. 850? Stick? 1200 at 3,500 pounds. And you bought a Cadillac Escalade as well. Yeah, exactly. The Fairmont sold, isn't it? No, the Fairmont's uh, no. The Fairmont is still at uh, PBH. I'm gonna go ahead and um, I gotta sell something. You know, the the notch is probably gonna be. be it, I'd love to move the GT500, but the GT500 needs to go eight stick before I even think of selling it. I drove it yesterday. It drives nice. It needs a, an alignment and little things, but it chops so freaking good, guys. That is the perfect combination. Cammed GT500 with Magnaflow Adult Series exhaust with two-inch primary headers. It is not loud. It is crispy. It's like really crispy and snappy. And I'm like, boy, this bitch sounds good. Once I get the tuning dialed in, mostly throttle stuff. Timing, fuel, fine. It's about throttle feel at this point. Um, and some um, idle air stuff. Uh, once I get that dialed in, and I get the, the steering right, and I get the right height because it has to come up. It's too low right now. The front end has to come up a little bit, and it has to extend because it's stick now, so I need to, you know, it's going to have a bias ply tire. I also need to upgrade the axles. I got to go from a 33 spline to like a, I don't know, same spline, but maybe 5.8 studs and a better axle because I don't know that that rear end housing is going to survive 3,000 RPMs, 3,800 RPMs, watt launches off a two-step with a stick and a bias ply tire i don't think it's gonna last does lund still recommend 65 tens for up to a 150 shot yes 65 tens almost for everything any news on the fox body uh no the fox body i there's no what news you know i i, I did the throttle bearing i can go out and beat the shit out of it again for no reason but the next thing that things should see is a track but i need to buy 28 10 5 15 bias ply tires Go to the track, see what it runs, and go from there. That would be the last car he would sell. I did my first, exactly. The Fairmont is staying with me until I die. I did my first car in 30 years, spent the whole summer doing my Coyote swap and having a blast, bro. You and I have completely different um, 
definitions of what a blast is. He asked if you sold the Fairmont. Definitely does not pay attention. Not at all. Can get some Gen 2 hens in good shape down here in Pensacola for 400 bucks. Should I grab them? There's something wrong with them if they're 400 bucks, but if they're legit, grab them. Have you ever heard of the Billy Bentley, Billy Brentley in the tuning world? He has been calling other suspect like he has six months of experience with 20. No, I've never heard of him. I thought a Fairmont would never get sold. Never get sold. Never, never. <clears throat> When you get into Gen 2 and put in twin one war whistles on it, probably after I sell the GT500. Like, that'll be the exact next car I get. If I sell the GT500 tomorrow, two days later, I'm going to have a down payment on an S650, uh, S550. Alex, rather get buried in the Fairmont than sell it. Exactly. See, the, I can't believe you don't know the... I mean, you know the Fairmont story. I don't have to tell you the Fairmont story. That Fairmont represents like how you move about this world you know that Fairmont doesn't represent just a car that car i that car cost a relationship that car cost a job that car cost many things but it was because i was willing to kind of like stick by my my um beliefs and that's like a you know a, a representation of that that's why i don't even want to put a motor in that car unless it gets a front tubular Rear back half. And a lot of you have suggested people, and I appreciate that. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have called almost everyone you guys asked me to call to get front end work, you know, front tubular. I want the car to be front tube. You know, I don't want to do shit. I want to drop it off to your shop. And I want to pick it up mini tubbed and with a tubular front end. And what's that cost? Okay. Can't do it? Leave me alone. The rest I'll do. Like, like. If you want to go crazy and, you know, to the floors and cut floors and because I want that car to be stupid light. But for right now, all it needs is a front tubular stuff and mini tub so I can fit a bigger tire back there without having to smash the hammer. And then I'll figure the stuff out on my own. Um, I'll probably drive the GT500 today for at least 10 miles. That's the plan. And if I can get uh, 10 miles out of her, I'll, I'll get a video of me driving. I got to get all the GoPros charged up. I'm going to put a GoPro in the back, GoPro in the front, so you can just get the sounds and everything. Did you ever clean up the interior of the Fox body? <laughs> this guy's worried about the interior. I'm worried about the performance. Alex, what do you think about the new 6.8 liter Mustang? Can Luntuna? Yeah, the GT500 you've built into the perfect stick car. Uh, it's got it all. Guys, you should hear that thing go into gears. So, if you've ever heard like a, um, let's, let, let's look it up. The rally cars, like dog box, the 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 clicking and crazy sounds that it does. Uh, rally car dog box. The clicking it makes. Let me see. That. That, that, that popping it does, that's the dog, whatever they, they're called, you know, mating into each other. So this car does that. This car does this crazy clicking into gear um, when you're driving. And I got it up to uh, six gear on the, um, on the highway. Let me see if I have any video here. Yeah, here we go. So it makes that sound. So when I get going from a light, uh, you'll, you'll be able to hear all the crazy sounds, but it's cool. It chops. It, it does all the cool shit. Like it, it's just super cool. Let me see if I can find a, cause I've recorded some video. Let me see if I can get myself leaving a light somewhere. 
Yeah, listen. <laughs> oh no, this is this is in the complex. Did I go into third at all? Let me see. Yeah, it makes all this crazy sound. Yeah, it makes this crazy clicking sound, which is just the way the dog box stuff is, or the um, face-plated stuff is. Fifth and sixth are synchronized, so it doesn't make any sound going into fifth or sixth. But first or fourth, that motherfucker is going to be just making crazy sounds when I'm driving it. Um, looks like we got to do some digging. So who can't figure? Who can't forget the Fairmont? Like when. Well, when it pins the fuel line, simple fix to get it back, hauling ass again, right? ESS on three twin turbo kit for my Gen 2 MT82. You know, honestly, one of them is going to have a lot more torque than the other. The on three twin turbo kit is probably going to feel more torquey, but after seeing what I've seen, it's really tough to go. If you're a roll racer specifically, I think it's really tough to go against ESS. Uh, I'll tell the story has led, uh, led yeah, I won't really tell the story as to how, um, how I ended up with the Fairmont because, you know, they'll say I'm lying and shit like that. And, you know, it, it implicates a lot of people. It implicates theft. It implicates a lot of things. Are you taking the Shelby to Modnats? No. And if I do, it's because Lund, like, forced me to go. And um, I'll probably do test and tune. I'm not going to run it in any stick shift shootout. I don't care to race that car. I don't care to race that car. That car, to me, is like a down payment in a house, okay? So if I'm going to go somewhere and, and put it in danger of it smashing the wall, uh, that I'd probably just do a test and tune. If I go to Modnats, it's just to have it there and maybe do a test and tune, but not looking to race it. The only car I'm looking to race would probably be the Fairmont. Turvey's about page states, proud new edge owner where American muscle meets GT1 race car. Turvey absolutely lives in a whole nother universe, absolutely. GT1 race car. Like, guys, GT1 race car. When he looks out the window, my lord, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me, Turvey? When Turvey looks at his new edge, he sees this. <laughs> he legit thinks that his car is going to end up this way. And I can, I can say this with the utmost confidence. Your car will never be like this. Ever. Ever. Yes, I'm doubting you. Sure, use it as motivation. If you think your car is a GT1 style inspired car, okay, um, you got something else coming. Because check this out. Turu Viate. Turu Viate. Turu Viate Racing. Okay, I'm just going to scroll. Okay, here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, my Lord. Okay, here it is. <laughs> okay, wait, where is it? There we go. Okay, I want to I get... There we go. This is, this is great. This is great. So, he thinks this is that. Okay? And I love him, and I think he's a great guy, but I think someone needs to slap him into reality. He thinks this... Trans Am GT1 supercar style inspired car is the same as that. And you know, 
maybe take my take my doubt as motivation. Maybe it'll motivate you to really shut me up. But I'm telling you, bro, when you say G2 on race car, come on, stop it. Clunks into gear sounds wrong, but it's normal. Exactly. Um, there are so many techniques shifting a dog box face plate trans smoothly, and that's why I love them. What size? White size are in their intercooler lines on the GT500 trunk tank. Oh gosh, like dash 12 or something like that. They're huge. They're 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 like big, like dash 12 or something like that. At what point would you lock the cams on a Gen 1 comp cams Gen 1 heads? Almost never. Well, why would I ever lock the cams on a Gen 1 ever? If I have cam control, like the only time Gen 1 cams should be locked out is when you're having cam control issues. Otherwise, never. Like if you if you have a turbo kit, springs, you've done everything to mitigate the potential um, uh, back pressure issues, you should never lock out the Gen 1 cams. But if you're having cam control issues, specifically on the exhaust cam, sure, lock out the exhaust and leave the intake alone. But there is no, there is no hard and fast rule that says, you should lock your Coyote cams at this horsepower. None. What happened to the Maverick you had? I sold it. I sold it. I just had no room for it. And some guy from Miami bought it. And then he has it for sale for 6500 bucks, which is hilarious. He says, one owner, never been in the Southern. It's, it's a car from Pennsylvania. Like, I, I wanted to buy it back just to say, I'll buy it back for exactly the same amount I sold it to you for. He wants 6500 about bro, you are on crack. Matter of fact, I think I could find it. Let me see. Let's go to Facebook Marketplace, which is a shit show if you ever gone there. Um, who, 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 who messaged me? Um, let's see here. H Holly Hiram, I am dead. <laughs> he did. <laughs> okay. Okay. They actually finally saw the Holly Haram video. Uh, where is uh, Marketplace? Marketplace? Okay. So, this is the seniors old Maverick. Um, search, search, search. Maverick. Um, let me see if I can find a Maverick here. Uh, da, 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 da. I, th I could have sworn I saw it a couple days ago. Oh, a Maverick is a side-by-side -side too? How, okay, I'll type in Ford Maverick so it does it so I don't look at side-by-side. -side. I didn't know a side-by-side -side is, a, is a Maverick. Uh, Ford Maverick, Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte. This was, it was in Miami. Oh, he took it down apparently. Looks like he took it down because that thing was, he wanted 6,500 bucks for something I sold to him for like 1,100 bucks. I'm like, you want 6,500 bucks for that Maverick, bro? Tacta loco. You are smoking that good shit. Ah, it's not there. Oh, wait. Uh-uh. No, this is Cape Coral. Oh, this is further out. Yeah, this is definitely not it. All right. Anyway, uh, the Maverick was sold to a guy in Miami, and then he thinks he can get 6,500 bucks for it. So, no, he's he's on crack. On absolute crack. Yeah, ex exactly. Um, dash 12 is three quarters. I'm sure they are dash 16 or dash 20 for saying they're huge. Yeah, they're huge. They're They're over an inch, I think, in my opinion. Or an inch, at least. Okay, gotcha. Just saw double A front end and TBMs on my car. Should be in the 3200s now. Aldo shifts. That thing's going to be light like. Good for you, brother. Good for you. Um, hey, Alex, which car is your most enjoyable ride now that the GT500 is back? I hate to say it, but the GT500. So, <laughs> the GT500 at idle is badass <laughs> it's just badass the tremec is making tremec sounds it's chopping like a motherfucker the fans aren't too loud 
the exhaust sound is mostly going out the back, meaning a lot of cars are droney inside. The Corvette is the droniest car I've ever owned in my life. Even with the stock exhaust, it was slightly droney. I remember driving back from Pennsylvania and I'm like, man, this bitch is droney. Anyway, it sits really low. The shifter position is nice, but when I got in the GT500 and I went around the block, I had a smile from ear to ear going, okay, this, is, this bitch is bad. Once I get the, uh, you know, the steering lined out and the drivability stuff figured out, and if it gets AC, bro, that, that bitch, my goal is to cruise it down Clematis. I did that yesterday. I did that yesterday in the, in the, in the um, ZR1, down to downtown West Palm. And people were like, mm, like they were looking at the car, they're like, damn, that bitch is bad. But I don't feel, it's a, it, it definitely feels like a 2009. You know what I mean? Like it definitely feels like a, just a, a zippy hot rod to have some fun with. I, I, I can't even say I'm going to say this, but compared to the ZR1, the GT500 feels ridiculously refined. Heavier, sure, it feels heavier, but it feels ridiculously refined compared to the ZR1. Nuxo, false off only after shifts with sensors turned way down. I learned it won't pull timing if I delay getting back on the throttle. Any ideas? You have the typical harmonics being caused by a centrifugal bracket that caused the knock sensors to go apeshit. You can either risk it for the biscuit and desensitize the shit out of the knock sensors or tell Brandon, I'm going to run Octane Booster all the time, shut them off or desensitize them to, to no end. Typically, we only desensitize them or a lot of the tuners only desensitize them when you have E85 in the car. Alex, could you get the GT500 on the lift and go through the suspension setup? I, no, I don't have a lift. I, I don't want to find a lift just to make that video. I'm late. Let's start over, says Tony. Tony, drone is the hatchback thing. Hatch Fox's drone way worse than coupes. You're right because the notch coupe, I, the notch I have, uh, Mustang, that thing sounds great. No drone. The freaking ZR1 is so droney, it's borderline not enjoyable. Again, to me, it's like a motorcycle. You don't go out there in a motorcycle and, and are comfortable. You're just enjoying the feeling it gives you you're like oh you know you smell the grass and see the roadkill you're like wow this is awesome the corvette does the same thing it gives you this auditory sensory overload of cool shit is it something you want to drive every day absolutely not absolutely not gt500 makes me want to stick root style s197 say what you want about corsa but they have the least drone and a free-flowing exhaust sports are where it's at I, I agree and i might change it up i might just sell the borla one day you never know um but that's not out of the realm of possibility to sell the board like catback. I'm sure I can sell it pretty easily, but but I probably should aim towards a quieter exhaust. I love Magnaflow. I've always thought Magnaflow has the best sounding exhaust ever. And my GT500 proved that because I put Magnaflows with the regular, you know, over the axle uh, pipes, over the axle pipes, uh, and um, it sounds great. So if I can get a Magnaflow street cap back for the zero one eventually but if i put a cam in that bitch and it starts chopping just right i might just put up with the droning i put a divider in my c5z and it dropped the exhaust noise way down i wonder if i could do that dropping a light catch replay later i can see the zero one being sold before the gt500 now the zero won't be for the house um i thought about it yeah i've honestly thought about if i was to sell two gun to my head right now probably be the zero one but the problem is the zero one I don't think I'll be able to get what I want for it. I don't think I can get like over 60 for it. I think people are going to try to browbeat me into the 50s for that thing because of the mileage and the mods. But 
I don't care if, if somebody somebody wants the ZR1, it's going to be over 60 for sure. Yeah, I'm going to probably look into Magnaflow stuff and see what the deal is. Mario Andretti backs Magnaflow. It's the best. Ha ha. I enjoy my Flowmasters on my TVS S197. You do? You're like the only one. Like, I don't know anyone that goes, I love Flowmasters in an S197. You want to talk about drone? I took them off probably within 10 miles. I go, fuck these things. Divider won't work on a C6. It's a hatchback C5. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. C5Z is a coupe. You know what's weird? A bunch of um, Corvette guys wave to me. Like, when I'm driving around, they're like, and I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not part of the like the crew. I, I like the car. I, look, Jake made a good point. He said, why wouldn't you buy a BMW? I said, the culture. And he goes, you own a Mustang. I go, ah, shit, you're right. <laughs> like, you're 100% right. Mustang culture sucks. Shelby culture sucks. But I like the car. And I like the cars. So who cares about the culture, right? But I wouldn't buy a BMW because almost every single time I'm on the road, BMW guys like literally act like fucking retards. So I just don't want to be same as Mustang guys. So whatever. I love Magnaflow, but I just put a factory GT500 cat back and hooked up the valves with catted headers. Sounds perfect. Oh, you're talking about uh, S S550 and up. This is an S this is peasant stuff. S197 shit. I wave a Jeeps in my Corvette just to confuse them. <laughs> I thought I, I bought a BMW. It don't run. 2020 Mustang 50 oil pan leak. Talk about reliability. Ugh. They're gonna they're gonna signal you to follow them to the golf course, Alex. I love the sound of stock mufflers and free flowing exhaust on a Cam GT500. But I'm assuming the stock muffler is only good for a certain horsepower before it becomes a restriction. I did that test too. Did you guys remember the test I made when I had the complete exhaust versus dropping the exhaust when it had a TVS? No power difference. The Magnaflow Street made like 990 with a TVS through a Turbo 400. And I dumped them at the H-pipe, made the exact same amount. Just like a motorcycle wave, I hate when guys do that wave to me. It's gay, but we're wearing the same shirt, bro. Like, there was a guy at the car wash, and I had my ZR1, and he had the same color, cyber gray, I think it's called, C6, but it had, I think it was like a, a Grand Sport or Stingray or whatever the fuck they call them. And he stopped as I'm washing my car, beeped many times. Beep, beep. I didn't even look. Beep, beep. I didn't look. Then beep, 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 beep. I looked over and he goes. <laughs> That's a fucking weirdo. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Uh, Sunday ending the peasant chat in a nice way. Again, guys, if you're Luntoon and you go to a shop and they say crazy shit like, I haven't received the revision for two weeks. Bullshit. Email us. Say, hey, um, is it true that you guys aren't sending my, uh, my, my builder tunes? Because I thought you're the best. And, you know, and then you'll find out that more than likely, you're getting shafted one way or another. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'll be back on Tuesday. I'm going to try to drive, put some more miles on the GT500. Uh, Keith Ray said that it's a good idea to put a couple of hundred miles on it before I actually do some stuff. Light loads, a lot of decels. The car's running phenomenal. So thank you, Keith Ray. Thank you guys for hanging with me for a long time to get you data and get you um, video content. I'm going to try to drive it for a little while. I'll video that. Try to get you sights, sounds, maybe rolling shots or something like that if I can get someone to video for me. But I'm going to get you updated. And then after that, you won't hear from me about that car for a while until it's broken in and on the dyno. So I'll, I'll probably drive it 
two or three times a week just to break everything in when I can and then uh, get on the dyno. So I'll try to get you Corvette videos on the new cold air that I put in. I, I'm sorry I'm slacking on that, but this whole week was just me dedicating me and my whole free time to getting that GT500 on the road. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys Tuesday, 8 p.m. for Talking Shit Tuesday. Aside from that, I might drop a video Monday or so. If not, I'll probably see you Tuesday. We'll talk some shit then. All right, guys, have a good rest of your Sunday. See you guys later. Bye.